0: How can you become more productive in the current environment of lowered commissions and increased client service expectations? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers.
1: Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your
0: host and Chief Transformation Strategist, David Saltzman. Today's episode is brought to you by Code64, a software platform that powers the entire consulting process for your benefits agency. Combine your industry expertise with proprietary data and compliance tools to deliver cutting-edge strategies and proposals that your clients and prospects will love. Today, we have a really interesting guest for you. We're privileged to be talking with Julian Lago. Now, Julian, many of you may know as the Region 5 Vice President for the National Association of Health Underwriters. What you may not know is that he also has a day job, and, and he serves as Senior Vice President of Care One Advocates, And Care One Advocates is an interesting company because they're, they're sitting in a place in the marketplace that's evolving and that kind of fits a lot of the changes that we've been talking about on the Shift Shapers podcast. So I thought it would be fun to get Julian on so we can kind of explore those areas a little bit. And with that, Julian, welcome to the Shift Shapers podcast.
1: Thank you, Dave. It's a pleasure to join you.
0: You and I have known each other for a long time, and you've Too been <laughs> perhaps you've been an advisor for many years. So you've had perspective over a long period of time. How much more complicated is the market from an advisor point of view now than it was when you first got in the business and when you were retailing?
1: Well, it certainly changed uh, dramatically, David. I think, uh, as you mentioned, I was a producer. You know, like many of the folks in the audience and working in small, mid-sized accounts and trying to always migrate to larger accounts. And um, along comes changes. Now, I know that the big one on the horizon here was the ACA. That that changed the landscape significantly. But there was always been changes that we've had through the years, adapting to Cobra and other things. But the ACA really kind of threw us for a loop because it now pushed the agents to have to sit there with uh, employers. Even prior to, there was a lot of challenges and questions the Supreme Court rulings and and stop-and-go issues. And constantly, we were having to face our clients and explain what the future impact would be. And then once it arrived, we had to start preparing them to see if they were having to be in compliance and if their size group mandated because the law changed the landscaping. All of a sudden, every citizen in the United States has to carry insurance and, more importantly, certain size groups. Had to actually participate and provide for coverage. So agents' compliance and and all the things that the broker was expected to present and uh, share with their employer groups, that responsibility really added a lot more to their workload. So it was no longer quote and provide insurance and service. It was a lot of consulting work ahead of time,
0: a lot more preparation. Well, and I think that's all true. And ACA not only changed the landscape for the benefit advisors, but just from within the law and the regulations, but also what advisors could expect from carriers and what carriers delivered have changed as well, and hasn't it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, um, one of the key things we saw that the uh, MLR rule, minimum loss ratio rule, required carriers to do a refund and maintain certain provisions where $0.85 cents or $0.80 cents on a dollar had to be paid out in claims. And the level of dollars that were available for administration and service uh, significantly reduced What did that do? That added that burden back onto the sales force, the agent. Many agents uh, had to staff up and make sure that they had adequate people there because they could no longer really rely on members just calling the insurance companies. I hear stories today where they're getting 15, 20, 30 minutes time before they even speak with somebody at the carrier level. And the level of sophistication of the person that is there and ready to help is not what it was years past. So a lot more burden is on that broker and his staff.
0: So as you travel, both in your capacity with NAHU and also as a part of your organization, what are the kinds of problems that advisors are talking to you about needing to solve that may be new or or may have taken on more prominence in, in recent years?
1: Well, one of the things is some of the mundane day-to-day things, we were always involved, David, in the explanation of benefits. We were sitting there, Prior to explaining it to the employer, they're making a decision. We get a decision from the employer, the HR, then we go into what we call the enrollment process. Well, that process has taken a new premise. Many brokers are using tools to do online enrollment and access and educate the members. We've got the movement towards consumer-directed plans that actually now puts more decision-making in the hands of the employees and ultimately the, the families. And they have to understand that component. The third issue is the plan designs. It used to be you were in an HMO or PPO. Now you have the variations with skinnier networks that just looking up a provider these days can be an interesting, you know, diversion. You can open up any carrier site and it's not one network anymore. It's multiple networks broken down regionally and even broken down by specific plan designs. So the complexity of something as simple as help me find a provider. Can become a, a half-hour process if you're not properly structured for that.
0: You yeah, know, we've we've talked about it on the program before, but there there was a recent study by the Industrial Performance Group that talked about salespeople and saw that they they spend only about thirty-seven percent of their time actually selling. So all these things that you're talking about, I mean, is, that's either got to take time from an advisor's selling time or it's got to add cost as they add FTEs for their agencies. To answer all these questions, what do you do?
1: Well, I I think what we're seeing happening, there's a shift in the industry where, for the most part, the agent has become the front-end consultant. When you walk in, you need that differentiator. You have to be able to promise and deliver on the education that has to happen with the member. But remember, it's not just plan information. What we sell is healthcare. The healthcare delivery system is extremely complex. Anyone trying to navigate movement of medical records, electronic medical records these days, David, we find a lot of folks are looking at self-funding. There's a dollar cost there. If you're gonna have every doctor you visit run a new MRI, we could see just an escalating cost. If there's a way to move medical records, you have one MRI done at your primary, it's moved to the next doctor that's gonna see it. You cut back on redundancy. Well, Someone has to be there to educate the member and have that process occur. As often years ago, the agent was in that capacity to try to assist. That level of sophistication has increased significantly. And we're finding many brokers that sit out and really differentiate themselves, provide a comprehensive advocacy service now. So they work hand in hand with the consumer, the members, them and their family, so that their experience in Finding the right provider, seeking out the right type of care, and understanding future type of care that's going to be part of their health and ongoing care is explained, and most importantly, that it's done efficiently. Dollars are not always the the end driver, but in many cases, a simple adjustment of behavior can have a very, very positive impact on how the cost of health care ultimately happens.
0: Now, you've mentioned a couple of times that these services, at least until recently, have been differentiators. But I wonder, you know, in in your travels, I mean, I hear it from some of my consulting clients as well. Some of these services that used to be considered differentiators are now table stakes. In other words, they've gone from kind of a nice to have to a must have.
1: Oh, no question. I think um, if you look at larger RFPs, They're looking for what are you going to do for us to identify wellness programs, to educate and continue to consult during the wellness process, make sure that preventative services are taken advantage of. How are you going to handle case management? So disease management, and they really, the larger question, population management. And those are all part of it. The thing that's happened is it's going backwards. It's actually shrinking. We're looking at carriers that are – or employers that are looking at alternative funding, self-funding. We're looking at employer groups that believe and have every desire to have a more sophisticated – as a broker, for years, I had a couple of the larger cases that I knew I had to bring in an advocacy, a third-party source to help with that. Now, that's happening and migrating down to the mid, even the smaller size, and agents that have – that run in that marketplace want to differentiate themselves. So they look to advocacy companies that can actually put together the back office support that allows and frees up the agent staff and the agent so that they can focus on the front end, the acquiring of new business. I always think back, David, to the days of sales where you would tell your client, if you give me some referrals, that's less time I spend chasing business, more time I could spend servicing. In this case, when they do the proper outsourcing They can actually help that employer stay in compliance, which is now a big thing, and understand how they do their population management. But the day-to-day, and in this case, our world has become 24-7, seven days a week. You're going to have a request as often at 7 o'clock at night or on a Saturday morning, and we know that that agency, if they're not there to support and document that they're assisting those members, that is certainly something that their competitors are going to try to shine on and say, we do provide 24 hours, 7 seven-day-a-week customer service, and support.
0: Yeah, there's no question that that this is becoming more an expectation among employees and therefore among employers. I wonder, though, again, in, in your conversations with benefit advisors, one of the things that they always hold dear is their relationships with clients, and they are always careful, let's use that word instead of fearful, but they're always careful, and some of them may be fearful, that bringing in somebody outside or an outside entity will mess up those relationships and cost them business. What is that conversation like when you first have that with an advisor? Well, that that's a great
1: point, David. I think in today's world, we're seeing that there's HIPAA laws that protect privacy. We're seeing that the agent always valued the fact that they had that intimate relationship with the business owners, and ultimately engaged the employees and provided a high level of service. If you have the right care advocacy and the right type of advocacy team, that has also evolved. In years past, some of the companies that were in that marketplace, all they did is give you a dedicated toll-free number, and it was the same one for every business. And when you called in, you knew there was a handoff occurring technology these days, the telephony systems, the technology that's available to the newer companies allow them to embed themselves in such a way where everything from the marketing material to the scripting to how the phone is answered, it has the feel and look of the DNA of that agency. So we can really capture the experience that that member has had of dealing with that agency. If it's a small hometown or they have a mid-sized market feel we can engage that same feel and it's, it's, in, it's transparent to the client. It basically, rather invisible to the client, they feel that they're still dealing with the same. And with the reporting that's done in real time and on an ongoing basis, the member really gets to see and the employer gets to see the return on investment, how many phone calls are happening, the activity, the agent's really able to document that in such a way so that they can show value in differentiating themselves in the
0: market. And now a word from our sponsor, Code64, the industry-leading software platform that powers the consulting process for your benefits agency. In this new era of benefits consulting, competition, healthcare reform, and rising costs have all made the health insurance industry complicated. As the trusted advisor, do you find yourself behind a computer researching new regulations or reinventing presentations rather than meeting with clients? There is a better solution. It's the Benefits Consulting Cloud at Code 64. Begin by engaging new prospects with up-to-date industry insights or surveying employees for feedback on their benefits offerings. Upload census data to analyze thousands of criteria and uncover benchmarks against similar employers to see how your client's plan stacks up. Impress your clients with proprietary branded consulting materials to deliver a game plan unique to your agency and your client's needs. Maximize the efficiency of your agency and delight your clients by delivering the best advice in half the time with the Benefits Consulting Cloud at Code64. You mentioned HIPAA and we talked about ACA, but are advisors also being looked to today for expertise in things like FMLA and COBRA and obviously you mentioned self-funded plans and ERISA matters?
1: Yeah, the Cobra has been a, a you talked about table stakes. Those are things that were just expected. And as the marketplace and the laws change. Privacy and, and complexity, you know, you can't turn the page without hearing about a breach in, in privacy information. And and agents have had to upgrade their level of sophistication. In years past, I recall and I kind of get a the hair on the back of my neck goes up because we used to tell a member, grab your EOB, you know, send me a copy of your bill, and they'd fax it to you. And there was no protection of that information. These days, we have to be much more sophisticated how we move medical records and get the right type of authorization to interact with the member, the member's dependents, as well as the party that's providing the services, the payer. So that has to be done in a very protected format. Again, another reason for outsourcing so that the agent moves that liability outside their own
0: organization. So if I'm an advisor and... Let's say I, I work mostly with, you know, mid to large size groups, which is kind of the belly curve of the market. And I'm out shopping for one of these services and I'm doing due diligence. What are the things I need to look for beyond the obvious, which is the capabilities of a particular? What are the intangibles and the things that really make the difference?
1: I think the the interesting thing is that this marketplace, as you mentioned early in the conversation, has evolved. Uh, our choices in years past was just one or two major vendors that basically you adapted to them, and they told you the markets they wanted, it wasn't necessarily available to small group because it wasn't scalable down. Nowadays, you can actually look at providers that provide the advocacy service and will customize, and, and as I mentioned, pick up and become. You've spent a lot of time as a broker, as an agent, creating an image for your organization, creating an identity, basically branding yourself, why not have a compliance and an advocacy team that will accept and, and be part of that DNA? So that customization, it's almost like buying your new computer these days, Dave. A lot of choices. And what you want is something that works for your system. And the newer advocacy companies adapt to that, allow you to embed your logo, allow you to create the scripts, and ultimately have a comprehensive infrastructure that can really address the needs. It's not just explaining benefits anymore. Now it's in the flip side, talking and, and navigating through the healthcare world, the complexities of services and proper care, proper medication treatment, and all the things that go along
0: with uh, servicing members. So you want to make sure that it's you're working with someone where you can extend your brand rather than helping to build somebody else's brand and Kind of somebody where where the solutions are white labelable for lack of a of a better term is that what you're that's saying? Exa-
1: that's exactly right, David. These days, white labeling and allowing your organization's um, you know brand to continue to grow in the marketplace, I think, is the differentiator. We sit there so many times as a, as a broker when I was out there competing. You know, the carriers are the carriers. The truth of the matter is, there's only so much plan design that you can do. The rest, you're promising that you're going to be there. I always used to like to say, you know, we we sell an IOU you know, it's a piece of paper with a promise and they pay premiums. So what happens at the time that you make a call on that promise? How is your agency prepared to deliver? And to be able to say, hey, here's a list of doctors, good luck, go on your way is no longer acceptable. You need to be there with a concierge type of approach to engage that member, to allow them to understand the financing mechanism, how they're planned, in-network utilization, proper second surgical opinions, and ultimately. There's going to be potholes where they step into where it's out-of-pocket expenses, and you have to be prepared to assist them with those out-of-pocket expenses and make sure that it doesn't cause them financial hardship.
0: We've talked about dealing with a lot of the regulatory stuff and you know answering the, the base kind of phone calls, but we continue to hear an awful lot about wellness initiatives and preventive care are there services out there that provide this? And, and if so, A, how do they do it? And B, is there any integration with carriers? Because a lot of carriers have services like concurrent review and case management, and they get kind of antsy when those get offsourced.
1: So that's a great point, David. There's been, if you were attending virtually any insurance conference for the last several years, you'd almost have to be in a bubble not to see the push for wellness, independent wellness, third party providers as well as the carriers themselves have embedded wellness programs. Almost virtually every major carrier sees that and and in some cases provides bonuses or benefits and and incentives on premium for exercising. But we found that through a lot of the engagement that happens with the advocacy teams, what you want to do is identify those levels of preventative services, no longer just making sure that Lifestyle changes and you have your immunizations and so on, it's really early detection, the diagnostic, the screening that's available. Obviously, the ACA calls for several preventative services to be embedded as part of the essential benefits. Unfortunately, that's only been a couple of years that that has existed. The average member at the usage level doesn't even know. And sometimes, unfortunately, you put in place a high deductible HSA plan and they assume they have no benefits until. They've exceeded their deductible. In reality, preventative services are prior to the deductible. Many times in the interaction that an advocate has with a member, you you have a sense of relief that you can go have your preventative services and they do not apply. But there's an education that has to happen unless you're prepared with the right outreach team and the right interaction. You don't get that message across. And then finally, once you get into the early treatment, certainly once a diagnosis is done, what early treatment can happen And we have centers of excellence not only geographically these days, David, but we have them nationally. We want that member seeking the right care, getting access to the top centers, and that's not going to happen without the proper patient advocacy service that's scheduling, creating that access to those specialists, making them aware, and in some cases, getting the exceptions made by the provider or the self-funded plan because- Self-funded plan will tell you it's not in network, but if the self-funded plan is made aware that they can go to a top center of excellence that does this procedure on a reoccurring basis and has a very low readmission rate, your chances of having lower costs long-term are much better. Someone has to help coordinate that type of care, and that advocacy service is almost, like you said,
0: at these days it's almost invaluable to a group. So in, in the minute or two that we have left as we kind of wrap up, Julian. I'm curious. I mean, there have been services such as this in the marketplace for a long time. They dealt with kind of a niche part of the market. So let's call those 1.0. And today we have today's services, which let's call those 2.0. What is 3.0 going to look like? What in the next two, three years? How do you see this area of the business evolving?
1: So that's a great point. Fortunately, I come purely from really from the broker's perspective and looking at this, and we've assembled, and most of the advocacy companies have assembled medical teams as well as brokers and insurance professionals. So both of these worlds have kind of collided. And one of the things that we're starting to see is from certainly from a preemptive standpoint, medical transparency. There's more tools that are being made available in the form of medical transparency tools where we can go in and we as advocacy organizations have access to real time data and number crunching information. So at the time that a member goes to seek care, and I see that many, many plans are starting to put in place before you seek care, make sure that you've done your homework, almost a shopping component to it that will have impact on whether it's covered at 100% or out of pocket. What that does, David, that allows a member to say in a given geographic area, given zip code, specific procedure, what I'm looking to have done, and they can actually have that. Now, There's these services do exist today, but it's a matter of getting all these to work in a collective way. And really, it's about the personal approach, where this can be communicated to the member so they can use it in real time. And I'll leave you with one final thought. We find that during open enrollment, only about 50% of the users are ever in attendance. The dependents are never there. So they never hear about these tools. So a good advocacy exposes those dependents to the use of all the complexities, all the tools that were put in place, and they have access to that information.
0: A really interesting discussion on something that I, I don't know that an awful lot of brokers are yet aware of, but clearly it, it is going to be part of their near-term present and certainly their future as they seek to build their practices into new practice models. Julian Lago, Senior Vice President of CareOne Advocates. Julian, thank you so much for spending time with the Shift Shapers audience. Appreciate it, David. Thank you
1: very, very much.
0: The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of the Saltzman Group. We work with entrepreneurs, executives, and companies just like you to help shape the shifts in your business. To schedule a 20-minute call to learn more, visit our website at thesaltsmangroup.com or call me directly at 803-386-8005. I'd love to hear from you. And while you're on our site, you can also click the podcast tab for the entire catalog of Shift Shapers episodes and to access some really great special offers. Give me a call at 803-386-8005 and learn how to put the secrets of the Ship Shapers to work in your business.